Ecclesiastes chapter 3, we're reminded and told in Scripture that two is better than one, because if one falls, if one is cold, there's the other one there to to lift them up, to, to warm them. And when you think about what that means for us, last week we talked about how the Christian life is a picture of marriage, how uh, we are the bride of Christ, that He is our groom, and that, that we're able to come together and picture what it is God does for us. He leads us and He loves us, and, and we are in this covenant with Him. And it's such a powerful, powerful picture. And we're blessed here at Living Hope to have so many great families uh, and so many great marriages. But this morning, I, I do want to uh, call attention. Uh, we have a, a, a couple. Uh, Dick and Dottie, how, how long this year? What's, what's you all's? How many years is it? Yes. 67 years right here, ladies and gentlemen. 67 years. Awesome. And then uh, Bob and Judy there in the back, 56 years. Amen. Praise God for that. And, and what a joy to be able to see the power of God's love permeating our congregation, permeating relationships, making them strong, making them healthy. And, it's, and, and if you ask them, they'll tell you it's the love of God. It is His grace. It is His gospel that strengthens them, that enables them to delight in Him. That their help, our help, my help, as we just heard, is from you. It is from God Almighty. And His help gives us hope. And when we know His hope, we live hopeful. And we're able to be helpful. And our lives are, are really, we're, we're agents of, of God's change. We're, we're able to rec- be recognized as His people. Not because we're, we're so good because we've got it all figured out, but because His grace, His grace is pouring through us and is changing us. And that's what this year is all about. We're discovering what hope is. We're understanding what it is to live under the leadership of the Almighty by the grace of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and as we do this, we're, we're having experiences. And I want to encourage you to continue to use the hashtag hope is and to share those. We had a number of great ones that showed up this week uh, in social media. And, and as we do this, it's a way of us giving praise to God and encouraging one another. Today we're going to continue. We're going to talk about the fact that, that hope is confident, which is the series we're in right now. But we're going to talk about how that confidence comes in us and gives us hope when, when we trust in God's plan. Hope is confident in God's plan. And so if you've got your Bible, and I hope that you do, turn with me now to 1 John. This is the text that we're walking through. We're walking through 1 John as we're discovering what hope is. And today we're going to be in verses 2 and 3. And so my youngest is going to come and read for us. So let's all stand together in honor of God's Word. And Asher is going to read for us uh, from 1 John chapter 3. Uh, we're going we're gonna to be in verse 2 and 3. There you go. Found your spot. Good job. All right, so we're in 1 John chapter 3, and Asher, if you would, read for us verses 2 and 3. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what will be has not yet appeared. But we know when He appears, we shall be like Him, because we shall see Him as He is. And everyone who thus hopes and purifies himself as is pure. Amen. The Word of God. Thank you, Asher. Well done. If you would, go ahead and be seated. This morning as I was praying for him that he wouldn't fall down the steps, that, um, that you know, he would be able to focus and do his thing, um, I thought, you know, that, that's a picture of, of what happens to us. It's a picture. It's an illustration. Hope is confident. Why was he confident to be able to do that? Well, because his daddy told him he could. 
because he was equipped to do it. And it gave him the confidence to know, hey, you know what? I'm going to go for this. I'm going to do that. Listen, confidence is crucial. Confidence is crucial. Without confidence, we, we will tend to shy away from, from doing great things. We'll shy away from thinking, oh, I, I, can, I can get up and share. I can talk to my neighbor. I can tell my family member about Jesus. We'll, we'll shy away from that because we, we won't have the confidence. Even though our, our, our Father has told us to, if we don't have hope, we, we, won't, we won't do it. And if we don't have confidence that, that comes from, from hope, we'll, we'll focus on what is rather than what can be. We'll, we'll forget about what else God can do. Listen, God's done great things. There's no mistaking that. But let's not forget what else God can do. There's still more. If you have a, a beating heart and, and a brain that is, that is halfway functioning, God's not finished with you yet. There's still more there. But listen, if you don't have confidence, if we don't have confidence, we're not going to pursue it. And instead, we'll, we'll be overcome by others' expectations. And that's what happens when you don't have a plan. When you don't have confidence in God's plan, Listen, what we do is we just default to whatever else everyone thinks we ought to be doing. I've done that as a leader. There have been seasons in my life when I was not confident in God's plan for where I needed to go, where we needed to go. And quite often it would just be the loudest voice that would say, we should be doing this, we ought to be doing this. And so the, the pressure to, to try and to do those good things uh, usually would, uh, would win. And, 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 and sadly, those good things weren't often the best things. And so we would often end up with, with a lot of good things going on, but not, not really a, a plan, not, not something that, that it's really a, a word from God as to, as to where it is we're supposed to go. And we can miss out on so much because without that confidence, without confidence knowing that, that God is guiding us with a, a, a plan, we, we lose hope. And then we become afraid of what is next. And I'm going to tell you, when you are confident in what God is doing, there is a joy, there's almost laughter. And I'm going to tell you, I'm, I, I and the leadership of our church right now, we're in that spot. We are, I, I am personally as excited about ministry as I've ever been in my life because I can see where God is taking us. As we as a leadership, as we have prayed, and as we have been talking about where it is we, we need to go, where God is leading us, there is a confidence as we are moving forward. And I pray that, that it ignites in our, com, in our congregation. Because listen, God, God wants us to be confident. God wants us to be confident that He is our God, and that He has a plan for everything everything we're going through. And, and, and that's, that's the kicker there. It's to understand that there's nothing that we go through that's, that's, that God is not only aware of, but He's sovereign over. And when we know that, there's, there's a confidence, there's a hope, and we can know that God has a plan. I, I put this in your outline. I want you to catch this. We become hopeful when we realize God has a plan for our life. And I know you've probably heard that. I know that maybe that it's almost become cliche, but let's, let's think for just a moment about what that means and what it means according to God's Word. I mean, imagine if we take this Scripture serious right here. Imagine what would happen in your soul if you honestly believed Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. What if you believe that with all that you are? Would that change anything about you today? Would it, would it reverse maybe some, some things that the enemy has been whispering to you? Maybe some thoughts and, and, and some things, voices from the past that have been echoing in your mind, keeping you from being confident, keeping you from having hope in, in what God can do? You know, I've always admired people who could have hope. 
in hard times. You, know, you, you think about the Apostle Paul. And I, I wonder how many times he sat in his prison in Rome, frustrated, thinking, why am I here I want to be in, on the western frontier taking the gospel. I, I want to be going. I want to be doing. I, I, I want to be out there. Why am I here? But you know, had the Apostle Paul not been imprisoned in Rome, we wouldn't have the prison epistles. We wouldn't have, we wouldn't have the, the Word of God, of the book of Philippians, where over 18 times he tells the church, rejoice in the Lord always. Where did that come from? It came from a man who is in a prison according to God's plan. You think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Their their real names, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, and Daniel chapter 3, as they stand before Nebuchadnezzar. And Nebuchadnezzar is breathing out threats, telling them, kneel before the idol, worship this satanic, this satanic evil thing. And they say to him, King, look buddy, we love you. We ain't going to do it. God has a plan that is bigger than, than you. It's bigger than anything else. And hey, if you want to toss us in that fire, that's your business. If He wants to rescue us, He will. If He doesn't, good. We'll go be with Him. Either way, O King Nebuchadnezzar, we're going to worship the one true God. Where do you get guts like that? The Gospel alone. Confidence comes through believing in God's plan. Believing in His power. You think about Joseph who was given a dream as a young man, but then he's sold into slavery. Then he's in jail and prison. And I can imagine the nights of discouragement he had as he sat in that prison cell thinking on the dream. God, you gave me a dream. You told me the plan. You showed me what I was to be. You showed me what I was to become. And in God's time, it happened. And there was, a, there was hope in him throughout it. it. It maybe didn't always look hopeful. He didn't maybe always necessarily feel hopeful. But God had given him a vision and a plan knowing that there was a purpose for all of his pain. And then you think about Mary, the mother of God. You think about how she had to carry and then care for the Son of God. And what that required of her in, in terms of, of, of being ridiculed by friends and family. I mean, how do you explain, I'm a virgin, but I'm pregnant? How do you explain that at, 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 at family gatherings and meals? Oh, yes, Mary's pregnant, but um, it's God's. And to hear the whispers, and to hear the mocking, and then to go through that, and to deliver the child in a barn, in a cave, and then to be told that you're now going to have to flee Egypt with, with, with minimal resources. Thankfully, the Magi showed up and the resources were provided. And why did all that happen? Because of the plan of God. Listen, I don't know, I don't know what, what's going on in your life today, but here's what I know for certain. God has a plan for it. Everything that has ever happened, everything that's happening right now, everything that's going to happen is under the sovereign care of God. And if you will believe that, and it is true, you will have hope. You will have confident hope. Our, our current challenge is not a coincidence. Don't use that word. Do your very best in life not to use the word chance or coincidence because those words don't exist in heaven. There is only providence. There is only the power of God and His plan. And and the plan of God, it's a big plan, but it's pretty simple. Write it down. God's plan is to make us holy. You say, what's God's will for my life? 
What's God's plan for my life? Here it is. Write it down. God's plan is to make you holy. That's it. But, but what am I supposed to have for lunch today? Love God and eat what you want as long as you can. Is my, my belief, okay? I'm going to eat M&M's as long as I can to the praise and the glory of my Father in heaven. Now, once the doctor says it's, it's no M&M's or die, I'm, you know, we'll, we'll have to see at that point, right? We'll have to pray about it. But I'm just saying, you know, right now, you know, the plan for your life, according to God's Word, is to make you holy. Look at what it says in Ephesians chapter 1. It's so simple, guys. It's so simple. He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless. Why did He predestine us? Why did He choose us before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before Him? You know, so many people want to talk about this, this idea of election and predestination and about who saves, who's not going to be saved. Is it fair? Listen, here's the thing. Why does God choose us? Why does God predestine us? Why does God save us? One reason, that we should be holy and blameless. So let me ask you, do you want to be holy? Do you want to be blameless before God? Then give God praise because He's the one that gave you that desire. Without the, the Spirit of God moving you to desire that, you wouldn't. You wouldn't want it. And the fact of the matter is, if you don't want it, God's not going to give you something you don't want. If you don't want to be holy, if you don't want to be blameless, if you want to live in sin, if, if you want to live like hell and, 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 and join the enemy there... Have at it. God says it's your choice. You choose. But do you want to be holy? Do you want to be blameless? Well, know that that's God's plan. That's God's work in you. Look, it, it says, in love He predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of His will. It's not chance. It's not coincidence. It's the providence of the power of God that if you know Him, you know Him because of His grace and His mercy that is at work. And so His plan is to make you holy. It's to move you and to enable you to live for Him. God's plan is to, to make us holy so we can have confidence. And I want you to understand, you can have happy moments without peace with God. But you cannot have a happy life without peace with God. You can have high times. No kidding. There's a lot you can do in the flesh. But without God, you cannot have a blessed life. And that's what happiness is. But that same word is translated happy in our Bible is the word blessed. And it comes from knowing God, His holiness, and His plan, and becoming what He died for us to be. And write this one down and know this. The holier we are, the more confidence we have. The holier we are, the closer we're, the more like Jesus we are, the more confidence we have. Philippians 1 6. It's one of my favorites. I am, and I am sure, the NIV says, I am confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, if, you, if God has begun this good work of salvation in you, here's the good news He's not done yet. He's at work in your life to make you holier. To make you, in your practice, more and more like Jesus. And the more holier you become, the more confident you will be. And the more confident you are, 
the greater hope you are going to have. We have a number of college students who will be heading back to school. Some for the first time will be going on to college campuses. And I often have many conversations with, with these young adults as they are venturing off. Many come to me concerned about about the temptations that they are going to face on this college campus away from home and having to live out their faith on their own, go to church on their own, make those decisions on their own, many for the first time. And they often ask, you know, how, how can I do this? And I often share my personal story. See, I, I, went, I went to a secular university, a large secular university, and I was in a football dorm where there, were only one, there was only one other believer that I knew of, at least that would speak of and live his faith. And so there was a fear and trepidation in my own life. How am I going to deal with all this sin? How am I going to deal with all this temptation that is going to be thrown at me? And I made the decision early on, no matter what everyone else does, I'm going to do what God has called me to do. I'm going to seek God's face. And I decided, you know what? What they do is their thing. I'm going to do me. And my thing is to seek God's face. I'm going to seek Him. You know what happened? The first few weeks, there was a lot of jokes. There was a lot of making fun. The next month or so, there were a lot of questions. Why don't you do this? Why aren't you going? I don't understand. Everyone else is. You know what? After that... No more questions. No more jokes. You know what would happen? From time to time, different parts of the day, different parts sometimes of the night, late at night, I get a knock on the door. Hey, Pettis, can I talk to you? Hey, I don't want anybody else to know what's going on, but I wanted you to know, would you pray for my family? My mom and dad are splitting up. Hey, would you, would you pray for me? I know what I'm doing is wrong, but I don't know what to do. And you know what happened in my life? The more I lived for God, the more confident I became. And the more confident I was in the power and the plan of God, <laughs> the more hope I had. And the more hope I had, I didn't have to try. I was just able to live hopeful. And you know, I didn't have to try. I was able to be helpful. Not because I was smarter, not because of anything about me, but because of the God I loved. Because of His grace to me. And what I want to say to you is, listen... Just love God. Don't worry about what other people are going to say. Don't worry about all the things that they're going to do. Love God. Obey Him. And the more you do, the more confident you're going to be. And the more confident you are in His love and, and His will and His plan for your life, the more hope you're going to have. And the more hope you have, the, the more you're going to be steadfast and confident in His grace. You know, in our text today, we we see uh, these three things that a disciple does when they're confident in, in, in God's plan, when they have hope in God's plan. Let's work our way through First John now, having kind of laid a foundation of, of what this, this knowledge of God's plan and this uh, ability to, to live in it does. Let's, let's talk through this. Uh, take note of this. The disciple who is, has confident hope in God's plan is, first of all, looking forward to what is next. We don't fear the future. We don't says, Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him. This is one of the things that I want you to get this image in your mind of what we can do as followers of Jesus. Do we get to look through life to eternity? We don't see some some Christians are wrong. Some Christians they want to take their life that is now, they want to leap over the life that is to come in this world and just focus on heaven. 
And, and some wrongly think they can live like hell and, and get to heaven. And there's others who, who just think that it's, a, it's just kind of a, 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 a mixed bag. It's just whatever you happen to draw out that will get you to heaven. And, and that's not biblical. The Scripture teaches that we are to look through life to heaven. We do not look past our days in this life. We get to look through them all the way to heaven. I heard about a young man uh, two weeks ago who was taking his grandmother back to California. Uh, her car was here, so he had to drive her back to California from Bowling Green. That's a two and a half day drive. You know what he didn't do? He didn't just focus on California. It was there. He was mindful. This is the final destination. But you know what he had to think? He had to think, you know what? I got to get from Bowling Green. I got to get to Oklahoma City. And then from Oklahoma City, I got to get somewhere in Arizona. And then from Arizona, I can start thinking, all right, now I'm going to get I'm going to get to California. Here's the way we need to think about our Christian life. Listen, you know what you got to do today? You got to get through today. Today has its challenges. It also has its opportunities. How can you bring glory to God today? You've already begun the right way by gathering in this house with His people. But what about tomorrow? Listen, tomorrow will take care of itself, but look forward to it with confident hope that God's already in tomorrow. He's already in next week. He's already in next year. He's already in the next decade. He's already in the next century. God is present in the next millennium. God is already present in all of eternity. And because He is there, and because He is in you, and because God has a plan for your life, you can look through your life all the way to heaven, knowing that God is with you, and that He has a plan for your life every moment of it. The the Scripture says we are God's children now. And so we are confident of where we are going. We are on our way, not just to heaven, but we are on our way to the next moment and the next day in the presence and the power of God. We know that this life, this world, is not as good as it gets for us. Here's the good news for the Christian. Right now, this world, everything that's happening around us this fall, this is as bad as it's going to get. For those who do not know Christ, this is as good as it gets. And how sad, but how hopeful for us that this is just a part of it. And that we know that God is going to appear again. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, beginning verse 13. I'm not going to look at it right now, but it's just this beautiful picture of, of how Jesus is going to return again. Tomorrow we will lay Gary Dalton to rest. He's a dear, dear brother who went to be with the Lord Thursday night. And, and tomorrow, as, as, as we are laying him to rest, we will stand over that gravesite. And I'm going to read 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 through 17. I'm going to talk about that Christ is coming again. I'm going to talk about the fact that His body is just a shell. That the soul is the nut. And I'm going to say it, the nut has gone to heaven. Amen? And and this shell will one day be resurrected. And we know that Christ will come again. And when He comes, we will see Him. We, We know that when He appears, we will be made like Him perfectly, eternally. Now, until that time, what what is God doing us? He is forming us into the image of His Son. We are becoming holier and holier as God is holy. And and the holier we are, the more confident we are. And and, and the more that we see God's face, the more confidence we're going to have. And we're going to be able to look forward to what is next. Second, know this. The disciple who has confident hope in God's plan is seeking to see God as He is. I love this verse too. Because we shall see Him as He is. One day we will see God without being encumbered by the world, the flesh, and the devil. We will see Him as He is. Right now, we can see Him as He is according to His Word. God's Word tells us who God really is. 
And right now we can see God as He really is. Trying to understand God without His Word, is, it's bad karaoke. It's bad karaoke. How many of you know someone that thinks they can sing and they sing, but everyone else in the world who has ever heard them sing knows that they can't sing? Show of hands. Who knows that girl? Who knows that guy? Listen. I'm that guy. A few years ago, um, there was a noise outside our house, and um, um, somebody thought something was dying out front. And so they grabbed their phone to try and record whatever it was. And they came out, and they began to record, and they realized that I was outside um, cutting the bush back, and I had my headphones on. And... and, uh, I was bringing glory. My chains are gone. I've been set free. Jesus, my Savior. And I wasn't singing just to myself. It was reported to have been heard a block over. When I watched the video later on Facebook, which was way inappropriate, I realized how bad I was. Looking for God without the Bible is like trying to sing when you can't. You make lots of mistakes and create a reality that causes others pain. And that's a fact. See, when you try to make God what you want Him to be, you just mess it up. It's like me with a good song. I just mess it up. But when you have the Word of God, and it's true, and it is right, listen, you can see God for who He is. And yes, one day we're going to see Him as He is, but right now we can look to His Word, and we can be transformed by His Word through the power of the Holy Spirit, and we can rejoice in Him, and we can celebrate Him for all He is doing. And we seeing Him will inspire us to be like Him. Last, the disciple who has confident hope in God's plan is becoming more like Jesus more like Jesus. That's what it means to be holy. It means to be like Jesus. It's not, it's not to be like other people. It's not to fit within a religious system. It's to be like Jesus. Look what it says in verse 3. And everyone who thus hopes in Him purifies himself as he is pure. See, the hope of the Gospel is that we can pursue and recover God's design for us. God's design for us is that we be made Holy. That, that we be able to pursue this lifetime of transformation. These three circles, I, I keep bringing, coming back to them because I think they're so telling. God's design is that we be holy. Now, yes, we've all sinned. Yes, there's brokenness. But if we will repent and believe the gospel, we are free to pursue and recover God's design. The, the question that we get, the question I get, the question that is often asked is, okay, I get what you're saying, recover and pursue God's design. The question becomes, how? Is there a disciple's pathway? Is there a, a basic step that I'm supposed to take? And the answer, according to God's Word, is yes. Let me explain how this looks at Living Hope. It's very simple. We have a very simple pathway. It begins with worship. What you're doing right now, your first step to honoring and living for the glory of God and in His holiness is gathering with His people to praise His name, to encourage one another. All the days you see the day approaching, Hebrews 10, 24, 25. 
to celebrate the Lord's Supper, to celebrate those who will be baptized, to celebrate the power of God in our community of faith, to be taught the Word of God, and to be given the opportunity to get on your knees and to respond in faith to what God's Word is saying. It begins with worship, but then we must connect. Listen, we need to have a dialogue, but listen, with a couple of thousand people, it's not going to happen. It was never intended to. Even the early church. You know, so many times we we picture the early church and we read Acts chapter 2 and we see what's happening there. But let's not forget, that that was happening in homes. That was happening in connect groups. There were 3,000 saved. I mean, we're talking about thousands of people. So they didn't stand up with a single pastor and have dialogue with thousands of people. No, there was a time to gather, to worship and to praise and to sit under the preaching of the Word. But then they got into one another's homes. And they shared a meal. And they discussed the apostles' teaching. They discussed the Word of God. And they cared for one another. Is that happening in your life? Do you have people that, that hold you accountable? There, is there mutual accountability? I know in my own life, I need men in my life that I can talk to about my challenges and to pray for me and to talk about the things that are going on with my life and my family and my work and, and all that's going on. I need their prayer support. And, and, and that connection is crucial. And then we got to serve. Do you have a place of service? Do you have a place in this church family or in this community where you are leading more people to anchor their life in hope in Jesus? If not, you're not living out God's plan for your life. God's plan is for you to be holy and to live hopeful and be helpful. Now, to do that well, you're going to have to be equipped. For our children, for ages 18 and under, we equip them every week. For adult believers, we have opportunities, but we focus those opportunities different times throughout the year. We're going to be providing more and more equip opportunities for our congregation that we might be able to serve and connect and worship and ultimately to multiply. That is to lead more people to anchor their life in hope in Jesus. That is to live out the Great Commission to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Listen, let's put those two up side by side. This recovering, pursuing God's design, these are the steps you need to be taking. You need to worship, connect, serve, equip, and multiply. So here's my first question to you today. Have you repented and believed the gospel? And are you with all your might, with all the strength that God has given you, are you pursuing recovering His design? If you're not, there's no, there's no big secret as to why you're not confident. There's no big secret why you don't have a lot of hope. There's no big secret why you're not living hopeful and being helpful and making disciples of other people. Because see, if you're not pursuing God's design and the power of the gospel, you're missing the point. You're missing God's plan. Now some of you are saying, yes, I am. Where are you at in this process? What step do you need to take? Some of you need to go from simply worshiping. You need to get connected. You need to get connected in a connect group. Some of you, you need to start to serve. You need to find a place. And listen, that doesn't mean that you've got to do it tomorrow. It doesn't mean it's, oh, I've got to do it right now. Don't get crazy about it. Don't, don't, don't just be flippant about it. Be prayerful about it. Begin praying today. Come and get on your knees today and say, God, I don't know what connect group. I don't know what place of service. But today what I want to say to you is, yes. Yes. I will serve you. I will connect in this family. The reality is, for most of you, it really begins with membership. You're not connected in in our covenant community. You need to join the church. 
and then be a part of our covenant community and connect. Some of you this year, you need to be equipped. Some of you need to learn to study the Bible more fervently, to pray more effectively, to share your faith with more passion. Some of you need to understand how the Bible is put together. Some of you just don't know, and that's okay. I didn't know either. I had to be taught. Some of you need to go into to deeper study into theology or apologetics. Some of you need to figure out how to be married because no one ever showed you. You've never seen it, so you need to take a, 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 an equip class in that or a parenting or, or, or how to, to deal with aging and, and, and all the challenges that go there. Maybe it's something in your life. Maybe it's something in your faith. Maybe it's something in your heart and your emotions. But you can be equipped. And then all of us, we need to multiply. We need to be sharing the hope we have. We don't need to be coming to church alone. We need, when we come to worship, we need to be bringing others who don't know how to worship, who don't typically worship, so that they can see and experience the grace and the power of God. And then the Spirit of God will do what the Spirit of God is going to do. But we must be faithful to invite, to invest in them the gospel, to share the story, to share the three circles, and to show them the way of Christ. This morning I want to invite you to take a, a very serious look at where you are and come get on your knees and say, God, I'm, I'm saying yes to you right now. I'm going to take the next step. And then for some of you, I, I, I want to speak to you who are facing challenges right now. It's not a coincidence. It's providence. And look, the challenges I'm facing right now, I would have never chosen them. If God would say, Jason, do you want these set of challenges? I would say, no, God. No, I don't want to face this heartache. No, I don't want to deal with this disappointment. No, I don't want to have to live by this much faith. I just want things to be easy and simple and funny, right? But that's not how God makes us holy, typically. The way He typically makes us holy are through challenges and difficulties. And this morning, what I want to invite you to do, if you're, if you're facing one, is to come get on your knees before God. And I know this sounds so crazy. But thank Him. Say, Lord, thank you for this challenge. Because I know what you're doing. You're making me more dependent upon you. Which will ultimately make me holier. Which will ultimately make me more confident. Which will ultimately lead me to have more hope. Which will allow me to live hopeful and to be helpful to the glory and the praise of your great name and accomplish your plan, your will on earth as it is in heaven. Let's stand together as we pray. Lord God, thank you for the privilege to hear this word, to know this word, to believe this word. Now may we respond to this word. I pray for some who need to come today and get on their knees and to repent and to believe the gospel that you, Lord Jesus, died for their sin and now they can live because you're alive. They can live for you and they can pursue your design, which is their holiness. For some who need to make a next step of faith, in this disciples' pathway. I pray today they'll simply say yes. Yes, I'll connect in a group in, in this fall, this, in, this, in the next few months. Yes, in the next few months I will begin to serve. I will seek out an equip opportunity. I will begin to multiply and share my faith. And then for others, God, who need to just come to you today and say, Lord, I trust you in this storm. I trust you in this challenge. I trust you. I know you have a plan. I'm going to live hopeful in it. God, hear your people. Hear those who come to seek your face now. In Jesus' name.